This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh, yes, the Dallas Cowboys, they are on a roll. And now we all have to take them seriously. And guess who's the favorite for the MVP? It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Chris Carlin. He's Joe Fortenbaugh. What up? I'm actually addressing the camera today in a little more of a TV sense. I gave the big fist pound, the big fist bump when um when you announced me there. So I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And like you're on TV a lot, so well, I mean, you know. I didn't I didn't want to bring that up, but you're right, quite yeah. a bit today as well. Yeah, 4 p.m. Eastern, ESPN two, ESPN Bet Live, getting you ready for Monday Night Football. I didn't I didn't want to I don't want to talk about it. You no, know, not at guy. all, not at all, humble it, guy. Yeah, and and <laughs> listen, it's an hour long show. If I'm not mistaken, is that correct? <laughs> it's an hey, look, it'd be 24 if they gave it to us. Yeah, it absolutely would be <laughs> round the clock gambling coverage. And, and here's what I'd say to people who are interested: you should really only watch if you're interested in winning money. That's just me. <laughs> I, I just I, otherwise, I think you'd you know I don't want to say you'd be wasting your time because Joe and Aaron and Tyler, everybody's entertaining. But you know, listen. I go to win money, and that's just me. And I have to say, just as an aside, I was having a very rough Saturday. Mm. I was having a very rough Saturday. We are dealing with some uh, situations with uh, my mother right now. We are in the midst of moving her closer to my brother, Jim, in Iowa. So I am spending a lot of time Saturday, uh, you know, going through her apartment, looking for ID. Do we even have photo ID for her right now? It's a good son, though. It's a good son you are. eh, Debatable. I mean, it might be just, you know, too little, too late trying to make it look good. You know, (laughs) it's it's garbage time stats. Is that what this is? Garbage time stats. Exactly. Going to lead a touchdown drive to get it inside of uh, 10 points. But I get out of there. And it's about 5 o'clock Saturday afternoon Eastern time. And I text my guy, and we're texting about the the handman's selections on the um, UFC card that night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and Joe, like a good man, you know, talking to some sharps, has a good feel. Hey, this is one you may want to check out. And I'm walking out of there, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I need a little action. Yeah. Give me something. Give me something. And you came through for me there, and I appreciate that. You're welcome. Anytime. What was interesting about that was got the tip related to Handman as well. Handman fires back with analysis, essentially telling me why he doesn't like the pick. But then, you know what? As a courtesy to me, apparently, he is going to ride with it. And then it wins. But to be honest, Handman, if you got your mic on, that was a pretty good handicap. She really was out of gas in the third. I think we got very lucky there. Yeah, yeah. I, I Exactly what I said to you. I said I watched her on Dana White's Contender Series, and she was great in the first two rounds, dominated, but lost the last round. <laughs> like, and totally was gassed. But no one questioned. But what we you got said. the split, and that's all that matters. No one questioned the content. We questioned the 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 gift being presented. Yes, just right there on your look, doorstep. Here's a winner for you because I like you and I want to help you out. And your response is basically, I don't know. This Intel's crap. I don't yeah, care what I you rolled think with of the it. Intel. I, I still rolled with it. Well, yeah, how noble. How well, noble. What a, what a favor you did for us. I, You know what? I owe you. You let yeah. me know how I can get you back one day and square us up. Handman, are you the guy <laughs> that somebody gives free tickets to and you look at him and say, where are the seats? <laughs> are you that guy? That's no, Carl's all-timer. No, I, I don't think I would go that far. If you give me a good seat, I mean, if they're in the nosebleeds, I might not say anything to you. Well, but... I, I would say that you, you would be this guy if... 
somebody hands you a free drink, you might say, eh, is this the house vodka? Yeah. <laughs> why don't you take that back and why don't you start looking toward that top shelf up there? Speaking okay? of, and get ready for this, speaking yeah. of house vodka, mm. Dallas Cowboys no longer well drinks. They're up there on that second second shelf now. They Does that are. apply? Does that apply? Did, is that an all-time radio transition right there? That is phenomenal. Let's go get well some lunch. Done. That's enough of this show. Get get out of here. <laughs> get, go down to the cafe and order it up, big boy. <laughs> you earned it. Look, the bigger issue now becomes uh, not just where the Cowboys are headed after beating up on the Eagles, but it also becomes about the MVP race because somehow now, not somehow, I shouldn't say that, Dak Prescott is now the leader. Via ESPN bet, here are our numbers for the MVP. He's at plus 160 right now. Brock Purdy, plus 225. Lamar Jackson, by the way, was great yesterday, plus 700. Jalen Hurts, plus 800 on ESPN bet. So we had this discussion last week that the fact that so many of these candidates for the MVP have warts in what they're doing. One guy was really going to benefit the most, and that guy was Dak Prescott. So this was not, this here was not benefiting from everybody else. This was putting out there a superlative performance against a good team that helped him shoot up here. What I'm having trouble with, Joe, is this is changing week to week. And at least in the NFL, granted, I am not paying as much attention as you are to this stuff year in and year out. It does feel, though, like this has just changed week to week, and it makes me very uncomfortable to really select anybody in this race right now. Well, it's this is more of a unique unique year. I think in the past, or at least what we've seen the last couple of years, by this point in the season, we have a couple quarterbacks who have played high-level football who are just going to go at it down the stretch. Um, if you go back a couple of years, it's generally Mahomes is right there in the race. Aaron Rodgers a couple of years ago making a great case late. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen finding their way in. Last year it was Jalen Hurts, but he got hurt late in the season. So, you know, it... it it, it doesn't have as much discussion around it. It doesn't have as much intrigue. This year, the keynote, I think, from everything that happened this weekend is Tyreek Hill went from 25 to 1 to 12 to 1. There's mm. money coming in on Hill. And I think there might be a thought process out there amongst some voters with, well, each of these quarterbacks has flaws. This could be the year we step outside the box and go non-quarterback, kind of like the year Devontae Smith won the Heisman Trophy. Mac Jones looked good, but the thought process was, well, he has so many great weapons around him. Is he that great? Let's go with a wide receiver. Dak checks all the boxes for a favorite. He's tied for the lead in wins, which is extremely important. I believe 14 of the last 15 MVPs have been one or two seeds. Yep. And he also has monster numbers. He's number two in quarterback rating behind Brock Purdy. He's completing 69% of his passes. He's thrown for a ton of yards. He has 28 TDs to six interceptions. 28 to six. And I believe the 28 TDs, let me confirm, yeah, it's number one in the NFL. So right now, I mean, is there anyone more deserving at the current moment for MVP than he is? I can't I can't say yes. I can't say yes. Is Purdy is Purdy there? Is because they got Purdy odds wise. 
right behind him. And Why if, am I having if Brock so much Purdy with were Purdy, Joe? It, because he's not a first round pick. If Brock Purdy was a first round pick, everyone would be yelling he's the MVP. But he's a seventh round pick, and we're conditioned to believe seven round picks aren't good. So we're looking to give the credit everywhere else on the Niner offense. And that's not to say no one deserves it. Debo's awesome. Ayuk's awesome. Trent Williams, McCaffrey, Kittle, they've all been awesome. It's not to knock them. But if that's a first-round pick at quarterback right there, he's getting all the credit. Quarterback always gets the credit. Always. Even when he doesn't necessarily deserve it. Why is this one instance one in which we're not giving the quarterback credit? Because Purdy was awesome yesterday. Career-high passing yards against the Seahawks. I don't know why I'm having that much trouble with it. I don't know why. Dak Maybe versus Purdy for this award, and then those two meeting in the NFC Championship game, which would be happening probably two weeks before they give out the awards, that would be something, would it not? It, it would be something, but I want to go back to something you were saying a minute ago. So right now, through 12 games, you've got 93 catches, 1,481 yards, 12 touchdowns for Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I need to do the math on the at-this-pace bit. He'd break the record for receiving yards. He would break the record for receiving yards. I have yards. done the math for you, my friend. Yeah, and I want to know about the touchdowns and about the receptions, too. I Having said all that— Yeah, let me let me get to work on that. Well, but no, there's no, no. anything I, else, let me, let me know. I got it. <laughs> I, I got it, Junior. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, what I would say is that with all of that muddledness each week— at that position, if the Dolphins go tonight and Hill puts up 150 and two touchdowns, that number drops from 12 to what tomorrow? I don't think you – I mean, I don't think you go more far further past 10, maybe 8. I people are going to start betting them, but yeah, you're going to have to convince a lot of people. A lot of people. I, this isn't me saying he doesn't deserve it. We should be changing the name of this award to most outstanding player so that guys yes. like Tyreek Hill can well, win but it. Listen, but hey. while it's valuable, it's going to hurt. Okay, but you know what, Joe? If they end up in the one seed, which they could, Tyreek Hill, you can absolutely make that case if he stays healthy. No doubt. Over 2,000 yards receiving. I, I can keep the valuable part and not worry about the most outstanding part. The year Adrian Peterson won, he's the last non-quarterback to win. He was running back in Minnesota. I believe he went for over 2,000 yards that year, right? That was one of his yep. historic years. Didn't he fall like nine short of the record? I believe that's Something correct. like that. But he had yeah. a huge final game. That's the last non-quarterback. And also, I think the last time we had a non-one or two seed win the award, because they were a five or a six. That's what we're talking about. You need a historic season if you are going to be a non-quarterback. And if he goes over 2,000 yards, breaks Megatron's record, all that stuff, stays healthy, and they're the one seed, I mean, good luck making the against case. I told you that I was not very comfortable making a wager right now. If you're looking at this for the first time today, as who you are, the wagering expert that you are, who are you wagering on? My advice, first and foremost, would be you have to handicap the human psychology of this. We need to look at the voters. What are the voters going to think? How do the voters perceive Dak Prescott? I would think I would have a couple bucks on Tyreek Hill, no doubt. I would scratch Jalen Hurts because he's turning the ball over way too much this year. I would scratch Lamar Jackson because he's been very good, but I don't know if he's going to end up doing enough. He turns the ball over and has some questionable games as well. Purdy's the wild card here. How do people feel about Purdy? 
I think enough people will feel that he's not responsible for their success that it'll hurt him. So I'd say right now, Dak versus Tyreek, because there are going to be people that want to sound creative, right? They're going to want to say, well, I took Tyreek because of this. I know football. (laughs) I'm telling you, that's how you got to look at the award. You just described me right now as I'm considering putting money on Tyreek. Right? Like that's you. (laughs) Exactly. Look at me. I know football. (laughs) I'm going to slap that down and feel great about it. Even though we jumped on Joe Burrow without much of a problem. That one's on me. That, no, that he not. He pretty much immediately got hurt after we made that. Joe, bet. there's one thing you're going to learn about Chris Carlin. He's responsible for all of his own actions. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. The Dolphins are on the field tonight in Monday Night Football's doubleheader. Can they actually lay claim to being the best team in the AFC this evening with everything that we have seen. It's next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. He can get his hands on the ball, man. He can go the distance. Shout out to all my fantasy owners out there. Arguably the most explosive player in the game. Tyreek Hill is the guy that keeps teams up at night. You know, listen, some of us are impulse people. I just just during the break got in on Tyreek Hill. Oh, wow. Wow. Just now did. you. So we were talking about his MVP odds in conjunction with Dak Prescott at the end of our last conversation. And in the very, very short window between then and now, you felt the need to fire. Yeah, I did. I did. Because I do feel like Carlin, tonight. Let me, let me just jump in here. I am so damn proud of you and how far you. you've come since we started this show together. Well Only done, my months. friend. Only a few months. And your corrupting influence has been... Amazing, immersing, and just <laughs> overall a masterclass, frankly. At some and point, we are going to need to track how many bets we are making while we are doing this show. <laughs> like, the last segment of this show is us, like, half talking about our Monday night picks and also, like, you just hear, 
and yeah, the exactly. keyboard of just like firing away. Exactly. <laughs> ESPN bet twelve to one. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> when it dropped from twenty five, what yesterday or it was twenty five to one going into the weekend, and then we were talking about it on the show yesterday because the odds got chopped in half. I don't know if it's sharp action they're taking or the volume of action, but books are taking action to the point where they want to try to at least stay ahead of this because again, and you made this point. If Hill goes out and has a very good game tonight on national TV, and it's not a standalone yep. game, we got two Monday nighters tonight, dueling Monday nighters, like dueling pianos, dueling Monday nighters. He goes out and puts up a big game in front of everyone. That's what we're talking about tomorrow. Those numbers are coming down. Who is on the uh, which game tonight? Joe Buck and I'm not sure. Who I want to say they have Giants Packers because I think they sent Riddick and Orlovsky are down in Miami. They've been talking about being around yeah. the Dolphin culture all weekend. So well, it'd be odd if they're talking about the Dolphins while actually being in New York. Yeah, the fair point. Let's get a, <laughs> let's get into the Dolphins tonight. And look, it's the Tennessee Titans. I think we would both look at this and expect the Dolphins to take care of business, especially when I see numbers like this. The Titans, the last 10 games away from home, 0-10, averaging 13 points per game and have scored 16 points or fewer in all 10 games. Joe, never played the play, never played the game professionally. That strikes me as bad. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, there's some interesting matchups that we're going to be seeing tonight in terms of whether or not certain offensive lines are going to hold up, certain secondaries are going to hold up. This tonight should be everything that we've come to know and love about the Miami Dolphins. Just an absolute boat racing of the highest magnitude. If you're Tennessee, tonight the key is going to be to find a way to slow this game down by running the ball early. And if you can do that while keeping Miami's offense off the field, you can save yourself some time. But that secondary has not been good, and they traded their best player in Kevin Byard to Philadelphia a few weeks ago. Yeah. Well, here's here's my problem here. If you're the Dolphins, I would not expect – you know, they, they don't strike me as a team that is going to underperform in a situation that they shouldn't. Am I wrong about that? No, I don't, I don't think you're wrong about that. Yeah. So, you know, there have been games where they haven't played great, but they've been on the road, that kind of thing. I – Look at the Dolphins right now and have no reason to believe that they couldn't finish with the number one overall seed. I I really think that's very possible for them. They win tonight. They'll be tied uh, with Baltimore, who has taken another step, by the way, even though yesterday they were awful at times and still found a way to get it done in bizarre and uh, bizarre fashion that benefited at least one of us financially. You got the full Ravens experience yesterday. You really did. That's fair to say. You got the full Ravens experience in that game. McVay and the Rams, hell of an effort. Yes. And and the Rams are not terrible. No. The, The Rams are not terrible at all. But when I look at the Dolphins, here's what's in front of them. This is not easy. They're going to earn it if they are going to get home for the number one seed, because it's Tennessee, then it's the Jets at home, which you expect them to take care of. But then you got Dallas at Baltimore and then Buffalo in week 17, week 18. I mean, that's a tough stretch. Buffalo game being in Miami is huge. Correct. Huge. But Buffalo, that could be for their playoff lives. Think about how good that game could be in the last week of the season. And they travel, too. You will have plenty of Bills fans down there in South Florida. But also remember, if it's hot in South Florida for that game, it would certainly benefit the Dolphins. 
uh, with the bills coming from where they will be coming from. Um, Meanwhile, when you look at what the Ravens have, they're in Jacksonville. They're at San Francisco. They have Miami. And then they have Pittsburgh in week 18. And you know that Pittsburgh is going to do everything they can to hurt their chances in any way of having a number one seed or seeding or anything. So if I made you take one of these two teams right now to be the number one seed, who would you take? Baltimore and Miami are my options? Yes. I'm going to go with Miami, not because I'm going to say they're better, but because Baltimore, I believe, has the hardest schedule the rest of the way out. They have a road game at San Francisco that if I'm projecting out, they'll obviously be an underdog. I bet if it's just straight up, they lose that game, and I think that will be what ends up costing them. Both both teams have to navigate some interesting stuff, but I think Miami is set up a little bit better with who they have mixed in. Like this Tennessee game tonight on a Monday night, you go handle your business, you get ready, and then when do they have Dallas? Are they getting Dallas after Dallas plays the Bills? They are getting Dallas uh, after Dallas plays the Bills because Dallas plays the Bills this week. Great spot to be for Miami. So Dallas is going to have to go to Buffalo, and then do they go to Miami for that game, or is that game in – in Big D. That game is in Miami. Ooh, yeah, that's a great spot. So Dallas has to go Philadelphia on Sunday night. They have to travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills and then turn around for a road game at Miami. Great spot to and be in if you're the Dolphins. Uh, uh, no, I, I apologize. Yes. Yeah, they go to they go to Miami. Absolutely. Yeah, I yes. can't redo the take. So if they're if it's no, in Big no, no, D, no, no, that no. takes stance. I was looking at the wrong thing. Uh, after the trip to Miami, they're home for Detroit and then at Washington to close out the year. Okay. So okay. look. Not easy for anybody in this mix. I'm going. Well, what, who are you going with? I said Miami. What are you doing? Let's go ahead and get some skin in the game, huh? I'm taking Miami. You as I'm well. Wow. So we're living in a world where the Miami Dolphins are going to be the one seed. And, and I think really what's unfair about it is that you and I were very intently uh, with Handman texting about what was going on and Evan about what was going on in that Baltimore game and how alarming so many parts of it is that they throw in one of those type of games like they did yesterday. Like, is there any reason whatsoever in horrible weather for them to be challenged by a not bad team, but for them to be challenged by a team that loves to play indoors in the Rams. So the thing with that, very quickly, the Rams have been very good this year. They're very well coached. Sean McVay has done a remarkable job. Matthew Stafford is playing out of his mind. He really is. Like, Orlovsky's been saying it, and a lot of people are like, well, you're friends with him because you play with him in Detroit. No, no this or- year he's been great. Orlovsky's right. Stafford has been awesome. He made a lot of Hall of Fame-type Hall of Fame type throws yesterday. But the the thing with the Ravens is they just keep finding ways to, to make the game more complicated. Earlier in that game, they had a chance to totally swing it and make it a two-score game, and they line up offsides on the punt and give the ball back to the Rams because it was like fourth and four, so the Rams get a first down, and then they go down the field score a touchdown. John Harbaugh is a special teams coach from his entry point into the NFL when he was with the Eagles. Like, that never happens. And let's just talk about it. As they won the game, you have a guy returning a punt that hasn't returned a punt in an NFL game up until yesterday. Yeah, that's yeah. and he retur- and he returns it for a touchdown. Let's just call it what it was. Good day Blind for luck. Good, good. Well, good day for field goal kickers too. Both kickers in that game were were nailing kicks. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel eighty, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit progressive dot com every Monday. This time. It's NFL Takeoff. Part one is on the way after Joseph has this from our friends at Granger. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and the experience to answer all of your toughest questions. Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe, but more importantly, your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enough is enough! I have had it with these takes on this plane! Everybody strap in! This plane is headed down the runway and ready for the NFL takeoff. It is one of my favorite segments of the week. The NFL takeoff, where firing takes at you about all the games from the league yesterday. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Let's get right to it. Browns 31, Jaguars 27. Flacco, Flacco, Flacco. I, I love the fact that you can pull Joe Flacco off the street and he can go in and in his second game throw for 311 yards, three touchdowns at 38 years old and 328 days. The oldest quarterback to do that in Browns history. And all of a sudden, we're supposed to take the Browns exceptionally serious in the AFC sitting at 8-5. and five. I am going to get a little liberal with the takes today on takeoff. All okay. Right? So I've got two for this game. You take, do you, boo. Take number one, was Trevor Lawrence really hurt? Because for all the drama I saw the week before, no cart, uh, how could he be treated this way? He has to walk four and a half miles in the snow with with, uh, an earthquake happening around him in order to get to the hospital. And then yesterday, he's sprinting all over the place. He looked fantastic. He didn't look hurt. Number two, a lot of people don't understand this and don't agree with Doug Peterson going for two at the end of the game. You're going to start to see more of that. It's a smart math play. Uh, The... Jags are down 10. They score a touchdown. If they kick the extra point, they're down three, right? You get the ball back, you kick a field goal, and then you go to overtime. No, you're an underdog. You're on the road. You don't play for overtime. You play to win the game. So if you go for two there, then you're down two. And if you get the ball back and kick the field goal, you win the game rather than going to overtime. I know some people think it's crazy mathematically, and a lot of people don't want to hear this. Mathematically, it makes plenty of sense. Complete sense. And I listen, I used to give Doug Peterson 
all kinds of flack about how he went for it all the time in the early days uh, in Philadelphia prior to the Super Bowl season. I don't have a problem with him doing it anymore because in a situation like that, go end the game, go win the game, Joe. Go win the game. Absolutely. And get it over with as quickly as possible. Jets 30, Texans 6. Well, this was about two things. This was about C.J. Stroud getting hurt, uh, has a concussion. He is in the protocol right now. He didn't play particularly well. It was an ugly game in the pouring rain in New Jersey. And Zach Wilson, you know, came out and played with an edge. Now, Joe, here's the thing. People are going to get caught up in Zach Wilson and how he played yesterday. Don't. He still makes decisions like throwing across your body as you are running to your left, turning back, throwing to your right in the middle of the field in a ton of traffic, and you get lucky because you have Garrett Wilson. Zach Wilson played well. Give him credit. Let's not get nuts here. I'm going to push back a little bit. Is anyone actually going to start trying to make the case for Zach Wilson? Not not make the case for Zach Wilson to start, but make the case of, well, maybe he just needed to get kicked in the pants again. <laughs> Good I mean, win. Come on. Good win for the Jets. Uh, Wilson played very well. He wasn't elite or anything like that, but he played well. And for as much heat as that kid takes, he deserves some praise when he plays well. Jets look good in that game. Um, not to name drop was near the legend Chris Berman yesterday during this game. He made an excellent really? point that I wrote down. Um, he said, do the Jets only play in the rain? And I thought about this. Yeah. It seems like every Jets game is in the rain. Is every, every single game in a torrential downpour? He said, he goes, it's always raining on the Jets. I, th- I found that to be extremely poignant. Um, as for the Texans, maybe not ready for prime time. Laying points on the road, indoor team, December outdoors, New York. They got popped up. They got popped in the mouth a little bit in that game. They're they're heading in the right direction, but maybe not ready for prime time just yet. Bengals 34, Colts 14. Uh, we need to make an admission here, and we also need to acknowledge somebody. I told you this, I think, last week. I was doing the Bucks Colts game a few weeks back with Mike Tannenbaum. Before the game, Mike Tannenbaum turns to me and he says, Chris, take it to the bank. Jake Browning is going to play well. He was talking about the Pittsburgh game against Cincinnati that week. Jake Browning has played very well in these few games because this is somebody that played a ton of football in college and has been able to sit and kind of watch the first few years. He's not amazing, but Joe, this is somebody that will command money as a serviceable backup in the league. So I don't think the Bengals got the memo the rest of us got that they were done for the season. Yeah. Because they went out and they beat Jacksonville in overtime with Browning last week, 34 total points. They hung 34 on Indianapolis, who's a playoff contender. They're going to host Minnesota this week. They just benched Josh Dobbs. Jefferson got hurt again. You're going to travel to Pittsburgh the following week. We know the Steelers have been struggling. You're at Kansas City second last week of the season, and then you host the Browns. It's not easy, but... I don't know if I'd write these guys off just yet. Zach Taylor's done a good job coaching, and the leadership in that locker room, it's a testament. It's a testament that these guys are still fighting. It's impressive. Two more things real quick on Browning. Highest completion percentage in his first three starts since 1950. Oh, wow. Quite impressive. 79%. He's ahead of Chad Pennington and Justin Herbert a few years ago. Here's the other thing. Killing it on play action. Eight for nine for 174 yards yesterday. One other name to watch with the with the Bengals is Chase Brown, the rookie running back from Illinois, Joe. 
He is a guy that was exceptionally productive in college. They ran him into the ground, and I think this kind of rest that he has gotten through the early part of the year has been beneficial because he was beaten up throughout the Big Ten, and he's making some big plays for them yesterday. Had a big touchdown for them. Let the record show. Let the record show you said two more things and then had three more things. Well, deal with it. Bucks 29, Falcons 25. These are the ABCs of me, Joe. I was going to make the point quite gregarious, just so generous with your takes. That's me. I want you to get all that you can in this segment. Buccaneers 29, Falcons 25. You can handle this. Buccaneers 25, Falcons. I mean, classic NFC South. Isn't everyone 6-7 and seven in the NFC South now? With, of course, the exception of the Panthers, who are dreadful. Good win for Tampa. I mean, look, Atlanta is going to look back on this season, and they are going to say, oh, my God, if we were halfway competent at quarterback, we'd win the division. We'd probably win double-digit games. We might make noise in the playoffs. Of the 13 games they played this year, nine have been decided by one score. Atlanta needs a quarterback. I would not be shocked. I don't know what their situation looks like I wouldn't be shocked if Atlanta is somewhere in the middle of the pack come the NFL draft and they give up a boatload of capital to go flying up the board they strike me as one of those teams that might get very aggressive I'll throw something else at you I would not be shocked to see Atlanta go after Justin Fields because if the Bears are going to definitively move on that may not be the worst way to go okay that may you know you got Fields linked capital you got Fields linked to every team in the NFC South well, listen, I mean, why wouldn't I? <laughs> it's the NFC South. Speaking of which. Saints 28, Panthers 6. Yikes. Once again, I'm good if you have anything. I had the Panthers plus the 6, so I got nothing. You took the Panthers plus 6? Yes, I did. I, yeah, I'm not going to lie about it. I was, Once I, again, you're I th- an aggressive gambler. I thought I was. I, early on, I was like, all right, we can make this work. And then slowly as the game wore on, a new belief set in. <laughs> How often, what do you think the ratio is of games that you have to talk yourself into versus games that you actually win out of that subset? I didn't have to talk. That game was, that game made a lot of sense in the, in the, (laughs) all this sounds so stupid now. It sounds so good before the game. Like the Saints have been, in my opinion, mispriced most of the year. They had played 12 games. They were a favorite in nine of them. They'd only covered two spreads all season. The Panthers fired Reich. They covered the spread the next week. I figure with how inept the Saints have been on offense, you know, we keep it within six. I um, I may have made a mistake there. Uh, I'll give you a quick gambling one for me yesterday. That was a Joe Fortenbaugh special that I have learned listening to this show about taking when you are going to tease, taking number down through crucial numbers. Key numbers, right? yeah. The, the old yes. It's called the Wong teaser. Move through two key numbers. Take all okay. teams that are plus two, take them up to plus eight, because then you're going through three, you're going through seven. Well, in this case, it was just a three-point teaser, and I wanted to get through one crucial number. Three-point teaser, okay. Okay. So it was because it was two games. Two games. Uh, number one, the Jets over, uh, or Jets under, rather. Oh, you tease the total up and play the under? Yes. Race the total up. <laughs> it was a close one there, buddy. From 33 and a half to 36 and a half and played the under. So well, 30 to 6 was your final there. What was the other leg? The other leg was the Ravens down from 7 and a half to 4 and a half. Oh, my God. Punt return touchdown. The, you literally could have only won either of those legs on the tees, That's on a three-point right. tees. That's right. You might want to take the night off. You're 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 running pretty hot right now. Let's go. What's the Powerball at? Anyone know? Yeah. Get Carlin. Get some Powerball tickets. 
Guess what? I'll be looking hard at the Giants later. I guarantee you that. Carlin versus Joe. <laughs> ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. And want to remind you that we'll have a little Monday night football preview coming up later on, as I mentioned, the Giants, with our Monday night moneymakers that saw the big fella get back on the beam last week, mm. which I felt very good about. But, Joseph, in just moments, are the Bills back to the team that we thought they could be? The answer is, don't be a sucker. It's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. with a gigantic season-saving victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. Good to get a win. Always always good to win in the National Football League in particular uh, when you come here at, at Arrowhead against a good football team. Big, big win for the Bills, but all the Chiefs are doing is complaining. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speaker. If you're not following us on Instagram, I... Well, I mean, I'm going to tell you how to, how to because it's kind of a must. At Jay Fortenbaugh, at that guy Carlin, and it is chock full of entertainment, physical entertainment. That's what it is. <laughs> it's certainly not intellectual. No, no. If that's what you're looking for, wrong place. Let's get some calls in here. 888-ESPN on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Michael in Virginia has been patient waiting to get in on the Mahomes and the penalty against the Chiefs. What's up, Michael? Michael, okay. Staten Island. Hello. Michael, there you go. What's going on, dude? Are you there? Yeah. Yeah, we're we're Hello? here. Yes. Okay. All right. Of course, Mahomes acted like a little spoiled brat with that temper tantrum. But the real blame, of course, goes on Tony. But he should be a man enough to step up to the plate, take the heat off his quarterback, because that's a franchise. But I haven't heard a word out of it. It's like when the offensive linemen pull a defender off their quarterback laying on the ground. He needs to step up to the plate be a man and handle it. Listen. You know what that 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 call started slow, but he delivered. Once he, he did. once once he was you know he was o two in the hole, but he he roped one into the gap. Well, once he figured out that you know he was on the air. Um, <laughs> so here's my moment. I'm shooting. Yeah, I mean, I have not seen any Kadarius Tony quotes. Have I haven't you? either. No, that's a great point. Have we missed it? Guys, do we have any Kadarius Tony sound? I don't know if he. You spoke. figure he would have stepped up at some point and just been like, "Look, I got to be better." You know, just the standard boilerplate. Like, I made a mistake. It's a rookie mistake. I should have checked with the the. I appreciate everyone grabbing my back, but that's on me. I got to be better. You know, the standard stuff. He, he's more than happy to talk about things like limited playing time. <laughs> you know, never had trouble there. Never had trouble when he the Giants drafted him and he was just from day one complaining about everything. And yet something like this happens, and you can't find him. He goes into witness protection. I uh, I got to say, though, I haven't checked on our friend James Steele yet, who produces oh, Amber and Ian, I, yeah. legendary Chiefs fan. Um, I, I just – and this isn't about James. James is a great guy. I just I'm, – I'm getting such a kick out of this whole story. Just not just – it's one thing when you lose, but then when you become a baby about it and you're such a poor sport and yeah. you're yelling and you're screaming and you're blaming everyone else, it's like this is perfect. For everyone who has had to endure the Chiefs, and I have. I'm an Eagle fan. I lost them in the Super Bowl. I didn't lose them in the Super Bowl last year, but my team did. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of fun to watch this. I mean, is it not – are we not allowed to yeah. have fun with this and enjoy this? Yeah, and listen, and normally <laughs> I, I am the killjoy, okay? I embrace that. 
For whatever reason, the Chiefs have not been a team that has annoyed me with all of their winning. No. Uh, Of course, my team did not lose to them in the Super Bowl. So I would understand where you would feel that way. But, yeah, I I don't know if there's anything I enjoy more than knocking somebody off their high horse. That's the thing. The, the team that's on the mountaintop, no matter who it is, everyone always gets a, a little bit of a kick. When you dominate for as long as they've dominated, haven't they they've been in five straight AFC championship games? Yeah. Like, you've won some Super Bowls. You're doing great. Everything's great. And it's not, a, it's not like I'm sitting here saying Mahomes is a bomb. We don't like him. Mahomes no. is awesome. I've really enjoyed watching them. I just also like seeing this side, though. I think it's fair, if you're a sports fan, to watch them crying and complaining after last night against the Bills of all teams, considering yeah, everything they've been going through. I have to say, like, the team that I always enjoy seeing the crying from is the Cowboys. But this has given me a little bit of life, sure. Yeah, Cowboys Cowboys not giving us that this year. They're too good. We need someone else to fall into Give it time. Give it time. Uh, Matt, you know what, though? Real quick, shame on the rest of the AFC West. The year these guys are finally down, no one's ready to make a move. I don't think any of us thought the Raiders would be ready to make a move. That's going to take another century, maybe two more relocations. But the Chargers, shame on you. For not being ready for this, when these guys show vulnerability, no one's there ready to capitalize. Not ready for it with a franchise quarterback, and he's being completely wasted. And now he's hurt. Dylan, New York, up next, ESPN Radio. Dylan, what do you got? Hey, guys, how you doing? Thanks for taking the call. Loving the show. Uh, A couple of things. Just the irony of yesterday, like you brought up. The Chiefs losing on a last second thing to the Bills compared to how Josh Allen acted at the, uh, the overtime thing. I think those similarities are pretty funny. Me as a Giants fan, it being Kadarius Tony, absolutely hysterical. But I don't get why Mahomes is so upset. This is not a subjective call. A lot of calls in the NFL are subjective. Holding can be subjective. Pass interference for sure. That won the Super Bowl last year can be subjective. He is objectively past the line of past the neutral zone. He is past the tip of the end of the ball. You can't do that. There's no point to complain. It's objective. There's no other way around it. Get over it. Well, two two observations. I, I understand where he's coming from. I didn't realize that you could make a phone call from 1976. <laughs> that but credit to you for being able to do it. Like, it sounded like he was calling us from Stranger Things. <laughs> the upside down, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing the upside down. I'm over here. God. That's why this medium will never die. You'll never be able to kill radio because, well, we'll just find a way to do it ourselves. Exactly. Tony in California, quickly. You got 30 seconds, Tony. What do you got? Look, Mahomes' issue is not that he wasn't offside. Mahomes' issue is if you're going to say, hey, look, we're not going to call pass interference last week because we're going to let you win it on the field, then all he's saying is, okay, that's the way we're going to play. But, see, all all sports, all players, all they want is refereeing to be consistent. That's all we want you to do. Do the same thing all the time. That way we can adjust to it. That's fine. And when Kadarius Toney gave up that right, Joe, for yesterday is when he did not look over at the ref and check like receivers do on every single down. Yeah, again, merging the calls together, pass interference, holding, subjective calls. Yeah, if you're going to let him play, let him play. This is not subjective. You're, you're over the line. It's a flag. It's not a debate. Not in the least. Are you a believer in the Cowboys? This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.